My name is Sean Thomas. I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. why why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday you already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent you already know that next level results require next level effort period but why is today different than any other day what's your why how are you gonna get to the next level see most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices let me be clear. Nobody said it was gonna be easy. No handouts, no excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Trump Town is back in the building here to remind you to sign up for the Be More Today. 40-day challenge, our Steps to Greatness Challenge starting May 31st, going for 40 days. The whole goal is to get your 10,000 steps in every single day for 40 days. That's right, 10,000 steps for 40 days. You want to sign up? Visit BeMoreToday.com and look for Steps to Greatness Challenge. Our Be More Today Steps to Greatness Challenge is $5 to sign up. And there will be prizes given for first, second, and third place. Who gets the most steps in 40 days? That includes all steps. Get your Fitbits out, your Garmin's, your Apple Watch, all those things. And track your steps every single day for 40 days. We're trying to be healthier and to hit 400,000 steps in 40 days. You can do it. Let's see more. Let's get it.
What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas, back in the building with the B More Today show. We are back. We are back. We are back in the building. Episode 123, if you believe it or not, 123 episodes. So many people have been on the show inspiring you to be more today and continue to take your steps to be great in all that you do. So again, I thank you for your love and support. You already know, bemoretoday.com, my book on Amazon, our Morris merch store is always out there with your greatest latest apparel for Be More Today gear. And if you're looking for a running coach, I'm your guy. So info me at info at bemoretoday.com. The podcast is growing 78 countries, over 45,000 downloads. It's thanks to your love and support that we're still here, still doing this thing. So please like and subscribe us on uh, YouTube, on our Instagram pages, Be More Today show be more today pt and of course me dr sean thomas or dr sean thomas that's right uh check us out we are still doing great things for you and it's good just to see positive things out there uh on all the medias and this month we're closing out occupational therapy appreciation month we've had a number of ot's on the show uh showcasing their vast array of talents and skill sets and today is no different our quote for today is simple as always Medicine adds days to life. Occupational therapy adds life to days. And our guest on the show today is Sally Lockman. Now, Sally has been an occupational therapist for 11 years. In 2017, she became a certified lymphedema specialist or lymphedema therapist, but treated a mixture of neurological and orthopedic diagnoses. Throughout her career, she always tried to find jobs in hand clinics or patient clinics to gain experience. Around three years ago, she decided that she wanted more out of her career and set a plan to become a certified hand therapist. She also wanted to start moving up the career ladder into management and supervisory roles. So an opportunity presented itself when she enrolled at LIU for the MBA Healthcare Administration Program. Through two and a half years of being in the program, she also sought out mentors from the American Society of Hand Therapists to study and specialize in their extremity. She graduated with her MBA in May of 2022 and passed her certification exam, becoming a certified hand therapist in December of 2022. And she is our final OT guest for this month of Occupational Therapy Appreciation. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage our final guest for OT month, Sally Lockman. Sally, what is going on? Hi, Sean. Thank you so much. Uh, nothing really. I guess we, like I said before, save the best for last. That's right. Save the best for last. <laughs> um, but yes, but OT is a wonderful thing. So I'm happy to uh, sit here with you and talk about occupational therapy. Awesome. I appreciate you making the time. Let listeners know where you are right now so we can just get a visual of what, what state and area you work in. Uh, I am uh, the Associate Director of Occupational Therapy, and I currently work in JAG 1's Hawthorne location which is located in Westchester County, New York. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, this show has been, it's been a, a lifeline for many, just really showcasing the greatness uh, of healthcare professionals, including you and others. And I'm working you to the show. And as we conclude OT Month, uh, we've really been highlighting the great things that JAG1 is doing when it comes to occupational therapy. And um, the great thing about, I think, our company in general is that we're so vast. I mean, there's so many people who have so many skill sets from OT to PT. We had our ATs on for the month of March, and we'll bring our PTs back on for probably the month of October. But we've just been looking at all the different um, uh, locations and all the different skill sets that our company has. And when I look at you, 
lymphedema is a very specific thing. I mean, we get a number of uh, uh, scripts at our office saying, look, I'm coming to PT for lymphedema and lymphedema. And a lot of people sometimes get flustered when they see that on a prescription, not knowing really what to do. So I'm curious, Sally, what sparked for you the interest to study or specialize in lymphedema? Uh, well, um, honestly, my love of wounds is what sparked the interest. I was always fascinated with our lectures on wounds uh, when I was in OT school. So we would discuss case studies. And then one day the professor was uh, talking about a patient that had a chronic debilitating disorder mm. that had affected her lymphatic system. So I was interested and I started looking into lymphedema and the many potential causes of it. And I was just intrigued and I wanted to learn more. I knew I had to get training and try to help these people as best I could. Uh, when I was working as a therapist for a few years uh, in the facility I was working, we had OTs and PTs that were lymph certified lymphedema therapists. So when I had free time, I'd go talk to them and see what they would do. Uh, and I knew that I, I wanted to go for training. So when I was able to fit that in my schedule. I registered for the training, signed up, and uh, here I am. That's awesome. Do you mind just describing to some of the listeners what lymphedema is, or um, I guess what 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 you really look at when you're talking about clients who fall into this category? I think a lot of people get caught up in a, a number of different terms, um, and lymphedema is not one of the current ones, one of the popular ones that people are talking about. So you mind just sharing with them what, what that actually is and what it presents itself like or, or what you see when you see someone who has anything related to lymphedema? Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the one thing is people think it's just like a, a water buildup or swelling because of the water, and, and it's not. It's due to uh, protein buildup. Uh, within uh, proteins, bacteria uh, within the lymph lymphatic system. I mean, lymphedema occurs because there's a blocking or a dysfunction in the lymphatic system, and that causes a buildup of the lymph fluid in the tissues. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people get caught up in um, a number of terms when it comes to lymphedema, you know, about swelling in their legs and being on water pills right. and all other things. And then they talk about other things like, diabetic neuropathy and you know there, there's similarities between all those things but there is a very specific skill set and and study when it comes to the the res resolution to lymph in the body right. and right. you know i'm curious for you um what some of the the cases oh sorry the causes may be when we talk about lymphedema because i think a lot of people get concerned when they think about swelling in their legs especially when you get into certain populations um, with certain diagnoses or certain genetic predispositions, you know, what are some of the top two or three causes um, that may have someone result in having lymphedema in their systems? All right. Well, there's actually uh, two types of lymphedema. We have primary and secondary lymphedema. Um, in some cases, lymphedema can be caused by genetic factors or mutations that affect the development and the function of the lymphatic system. And this can be present at birth or can develop later on in life. A lot of times uh, when a person hits puberty, um, it might start to present themselves. Uh, but that's primary lymphedema. Secondary lymphedema, there's a couple of causes for that. Infections such as cellulitis, uh, lymphangitis, those can cause inflammation and damage to the lymphatic system. Um, in topical, uh, tropical, excuse me, or subtropical regions, there's something called filariasis, which is a mosquito-borne parasite 
and that is a leading cause in these in these uh, areas for lymphedema. Mm. Cancer treatment, surgeries, lymph node removals, there's radiation therapy, chemotherapy. These all can damage the system and disrupt the flow, damaging the nodes and the vessels, which are the extreme important uh, structures in the system to help uh, with lymphatic flow. Gotcha. So with all those things, right, you mentioned a lot, and I think a lot of people fall into a lot of those categories, right? Um, how can OT help to resolve or to help someone who has uh, any issue when it comes to lymphedema? Well, uh, there's many ways. Unfortunately, lymphedema, there there is no cure for it, mm. all right? But uh, occupational therapy can help by providing education about the condition and strategies for managing their symptoms reducing the risk of infection and preventing further damage to the, the whole system. OT can design an exercise program and we tailor that to the individual's specific needs and their abilities. It's important to exercise because, because it promotes lymphatic flow and reduces swelling. And you can have uh, lymphedema in one limb and some people can have it in, in both limbs. Hmm. Uh, we can help a person develop coping strategies this helps manage any physical, emotional, or social aspects that they may be dealing with. Yeah. We can provide strategies or modifications to making any dressing, bathing, or grooming activities less, less taxing for them. And very importantly, we can help to choose, uh, choose fit, and educate how to use the compression bandages and garments effectively to reduce the swelling improve lymphatic flow and keep that volume uh, at a bare minimum. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. And you, you're saying with all these different techniques, right, and strategies, that there's no real cure for lymphedema, but you can help to mitigate at least the signs and symptoms of it, correct? Right, right. Um, key, the key thing is prevention. When I first got my certification, I was lucky enough to do in-services for doctors. And it's just really important that we we look for the signs there's different stages you know stage zero is ideally where we want them to be to stay and remain mm -hmm. uh, where it's just that heaviness maybe slight difference in volume in the limb but um it's it's prevention is key um if we can as best as possible so so I, we try people out there that um work with lymphedema really try to get that knowledge out there because that's what's key. Yeah. So how would, so I'm a patient, right? And I, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm talking to you or I'm maybe going to OTPT with something totally different. And um, my doctor may tell me that I have lymphedema, but I, I would not have known or I might not have seen the signs. What are some of the signs that people should be looking for when you're talking about signs of the incidence of lymphedema maybe being in their system or the beginning stages of that happening? Usually, people will come in and just say, oh, you know, I noticed my arm feels a little extra heavy or my leg feels heavy and my clothes don't fit quite right or my skin feels tight. I try to reach for something and I feel this pulling in my armpit. You know, those are those are all things that I'm listening for. Um, sometimes, a lot of times, people with lymphedema complain of pain and that's usually because of, of the pressure on the joints. Right. I mean pain, you know, you can develop from that, but th those are the signs that we're, we're listening for, especially at that stage zero, starting to stage one, 
Mm. Uh, when they come into your office and you have this swollen limb, it's a little more obvious. You look at the skin changes, um, the different types of edema that they present with and 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 really make a educated um not really guess, but you know, I, I really try to get their whole background and and make the calls for the doctors. If they don't know about lymphedema, I ask and and inform and get them to the doctor. And if they do, then you know, we try to get therapy in as much as you can. Yeah. So there are actually some ways to reduce the risk or prevent its progression. Uh, maintaining a healthy weight is really key. Excess weight puts additional pressure on the system and it, it can increase your risk to develop lymphedema. Mm. Uh, practicing good hygiene, especially when you have an injury occurring uh, or that has occurred, can help reduce the risk of developing an infection. Keeping the skin clean and moisturized reduces chances of infection and that in turn reduces chances of developing lymphedema. Mm. If you already know you have lymphedema, trying to avoid instances where the skin can get cut or infected would help. So for example, you know, spring is here, gardening, wear gloves, protect those hands. If, if you're a worker, a manual worker, which you should be wearing gloves anyway, but really make sure that those gloves are clean and protecting your skin. If there are cuts, you replace them. Uh, getting a pedicure or a manicure, it's great to treat yourself, but you really need to be careful. Uh, we recommend avoiding actually using those tubs, those seats where people's feet are, you know, bacteria can lurk. You know, if you go to a place where you really trust that they're cleaning with good disinfectant products, okay, you know, maybe that'll be okay, but you want to make sure you're using your own personal tools and no one else's to really reduce the risk. Um, education on wound healing and massage to promote flow of fluid after any major surgery really can help reduce the risk of overloading the system and causing a malfunction. And of course, elevating the limb and wearing your compression garments, if you uh, know or are diagnosed with lymphedema, will reduce the incidence of, of uh, the swelling. Hmm. Those are all great too. I just got my first... Uh pedicure actually last month not gonna lie to you um i was on a cruise mm -hmm. and my wife was like yeah it's time uh <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean what are you doing so it was my birthday so I, I went i went and got it and it was a great experience but you talking about the tubs made me think i mean i guess the environment and the place that you go to does matter clearly in terms of cleanliness and and the hygiene that they're using um and those can vary right i mean the cruise ships are very pristine so it's a little different but you know there's so many places that are I'm sure also in Jersey, I'm in Brooklyn, um, a lot of storefronts, but you, sit, you walk in and you get your, your toes done and who knows the number of people who are going into those places on a regular basis and how clean they are between patients. And those are the whole thing that I think people don't think about. But uh, right. if you have lipedema, yeah, that's something you can you clearly take into consideration. So um, those are things that I, I thank you for sharing. I'm, I'm curious now, I've been asking every OT on the show about the, the mental health component. And, you know, OTs, um, focus a little more, I think, than other professions in terms of the mental health component to the healing process. We all learn about mental health and, and how the psychosocial element can be beneficial to the healing process from all spectrums of the healthcare system. But I think OTs focus on it a little more. And I was curious, um, since you do deal with so many patients who do have to deal with lymphedema, and that can be such a traumatizing 
experience in terms of their walking, in terms of gait, in terms of the perception, in terms of their appearance. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you share with your with your your patients, or what are some of your teaching techniques to um, give someone more confidence when they're going through the the healing process and the therapy process of getting back to any kind of um, back to health, back to quality of life status for them with lymphedema? Well, I, um, well, being a person that loves people, I'm just a social butterfly, I feel, and I love to talk, but I really try as best I can to make their sessions about them. You know, if they're not really open and sharing, I really just try to get them to talk about what they're feeling, what they like, what they don't like, um, just just so that I can get an understanding of who they are as an, as an individual and be there for them. You know, really, it's like just looking back to as we've grown up, like what makes you a good person and having that empathy and that even a little bit of humility, like just being real, honestly. And I know it sounds cheesy, but, um, you know, I go in there with my my skills and of course I'm going to provide that, but I'm going to be there for them and, and listen. If they tell me, you know, I don't really like this or can we try that? Or, you know, I, I make sure I ask them what's important to them. Okay, you're coming to me to help you reduce the volume of your life. Why? What is it that you want to do? All right, you don't really want to exercise. Well, how can I get you going in life and getting that physical exercise without making it like going to the gym and doing physical mm -hmm. exercises? Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about OT. It's really any activity. You know, if, if you love cleaning your house, well, guess what? That is a lot of physical activity, you know? And I use that one because it's a little easy, but just to get up, get up out of bed, get out of your chair socialize, interact with the world and really make it about them and, and see what they want. And I try as best I can to, you know, if I don't know any activities, I, I investigate, I, I, I look and, and try to be creative and, um, you know, as discreetly as I can, I, I go to my team, my, my other coworkers and say, Hey, do you have any ideas of what I can do with this patient? And, you know, I, I try to just really make it as personal as I can. You're the third, well, this is the third show. So we had a number of OTs on the first show, but this is the third show where the OTs mentioned do what's best for them and what they want to get back to. And I think that that's poignant because I think a lot of times we as clinicians sometimes focus on what we want to get done, what our goals are for the patient. Well, I, I need you to get to this range of motion and be able to do this functionally or what have you. But it really comes down to what the patient wants to get back to. Um, I mean, that's why I think we have this slogan, get back to the life that you love. What do you love getting back to doing? Is it gardening? Is it running? Is it jogging? Is it, you know, basketball, even whatever it's going to be, get back to that. And how can we as clinicians help you to do that? I think the best clinicians, I'm sure you agree with me, just based on your response, are the ones who can interact with people and connect with them to the extent where they're sharing with you what they want to do. And then you as a clinician are helping them do whatever you have to do to get that done. And I, I think there's a skill set there. You know, I think a lot of people can learn anything about PT and OT and you can go to school and pass all the tests, but that connection to get someone to be able to get back to what they want to do and you inspiring them to do that on a regular basis. Cause again, this is not like a one-time deal. Like I got my pedicure one time. That was a one-time thing. And I know I'm, I'm gonna go, I said, I'm gonna go monthly. So I'm gonna go next month. Right. But you know, that, that process is something that happened literally twice a week, three days a week. And you're continuously inspiring that person every time they see you 
to have that same mindset. I think the great therapists, OTs, PTs, ATs, are the ones who can do that and do it well with their clients. And I think the ones who struggle are the ones who have a hard time stepping outside of themselves and really seeing that it's never really about us. Um, it's really about the patient and getting them to be wherever they want to be, back to doing that thing freely and happily. And, you know, Sally, I, I haven't met you in person, but just talking to you, I, I get that same sense that you agree with what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll make a I'll make a really short little story, but I was fortunate enough really early in my career to um, just be surrounded by great people, like team members. And I remember when I first started working, I worked in a, a skilled nursing facility. And one of my very first patients was pretty tough. He didn't want to do anything. I couldn't get him to the gym. I couldn't let him me let him allow me in his room. I'm like, buddy, you're killing me here. I need to to give you therapy. And he's like, I just want to sit outside. I just want to sit outside. Well, finally one day, I was a little tired. I said, let's go sit outside. And I, I was talking to him. And what do you want to do? And he's just like, I miss playing cards with my buddies. So I went. I got a deck of cards. We played. Before I knew it, the 45 minutes was up, and I had to really go grab another patient. And my supervisor was like, where were you? So I said, oh, I feel like I failed. I didn't get anything done. I took out, you know, my patient. We took, I took him out to the, the, the garden. All we did was play cards. And he's smiling at me. And I'm like, what, what are you smiling at? And my supervisor was like, that's quality of care. You spent your time with your patient. You made a connection. And I guarantee you, he'll be in the gym before you know it. And you know what? The next day, with a little bit of persuading, he agreed to work out with me for about 20 minutes in that gym. And it was like, oh, man. So I knew from the very beginning, it's quality of care. And who cares what I have to do and what note I have to write? You know, spend time with that patient. You'll get that note done because you're going to show all those other people that need to know what we're doing. Just how much you're making a difference and, and helping them. So, yeah, I completely all agree. Right, I thought I'd share that. Sure. No, I'm glad you <laughs> share that. I think it's true. I think a lot of people get caught up. And I think a lot of new clinicians, you and I have been treating for about the same length of time, but um, a lot of new clinicians get caught up in the the task list, right? They're going through their task list of what they have to do every single day. I got to get this note done. I have to send this paperwork out. I have to do this thing. I have to see table seven, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes the the essence of the quality of care gets lost. And I'm not saying that you know, at, at JAG, I'm just saying that as clinicians in general, the overall scope of healthcare in America, right? Or in the world, um, there's this push now for us to, you know, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And I think that sometimes we as clinicians, especially newer clinicians, get caught up in that same rat race where we lose sight of the people, we lose sight of the patient. And the patients who get mad or send bad reviews or the ones who don't come back or the ones who usually complain about the lack of that that they didn't get that. Right. And it, it's not always about even like the skill set, not even about like us not knowing certain things. It's sometimes just not listening to what they're trying to say or not being like you mentioned, or you you showing your patient, he mentioned cards. You listen to that and you respond in a way that let him know you're listening. Um, but sometimes that's shared and people say, all right, well, I guess we'll try to do exercises next week. And that's the response. When in actuality, the response should have been exactly what you did. So I think sometimes right. we as healthcare professionals get lost in, the same rat race of just trying to do whatever is necessary, losing sight of the fact that we all got into this because we like people, we care for people, we want them to get better. And our our quality of care should never be sacrificed for quantity of anything. So um, 
that brings me to my next question for you, because I know you've done a number of certifications and, you know, the CHT and now the MBA. And I'm curious, um, have you found these degrees, certifications helpful in your career journey? Um, and if so, you know, do you think they're necessary to gain more managerial advisory roles? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this more for, for others who are also thinking about going that same path. I have a number of people who listen to the show who are trying to figure out where in the healthcare spectrum they want to fall. And for some, it's as simple as, yeah, let me just get a uh, graduate degree of some sort. But for others, they go like you. They go to the MBA and and other routes. Um, and I'm curious, has it been helpful? Have you seen a difference? Do you feel like you're in a different category now to see things differently? Um, and if so, how? Well, I definitely think it makes a difference. For me, I'm a person that I, I, I love education and I just want to learn and learn and just better myself because I feel like, you know, I can only work on myself, right? I can't change anybody or work on any, anybody else. Um, but if I can better myself, I can I can bring that to everybody else's life that I touch. I know it sounds corny, but I really believe that. Um, and uh, becoming a certified hand therapist was really a, a wonderful personal journey for myself it's some an achievement i wanted and i was determined to do it the the process of becoming a certified hand therapist uh involves a rigorous certification exam of anatomy physiology evaluation and treatment and it really demonstrates a high level of expertise and knowledge so gaining a deeper understanding of this intricate field uh, has improved my own skills in providing specialized care for my patients and it provides me the ability to teach others. Education and mentorship is so important in supervisory and managerial positions. And I absolutely believe anyone in this role or in these roles should have a deeper knowledge of the field or position they're in. Because how are we gonna help others um, do what they need to do and grow in their profession if we don't really have that knowledge? Mm -hmm. And obtaining my MBA has provided me with a solid foundation in business skills that I really, didn't have before, like accounting, finance management, and even marketing and operations. These skills are applicable to the applicable, excuse me, to the healthcare industry because effective management of resources is critical to developing high quality of care. My MBA has developed helped me develop my leadership skills to manage and organize teams, make strategic decisions communicate effectively and network to establish valuable connections throughout the Westchester County um, physicians and community organizations. So my CHT and MBA degree and certification, I think they definitely helped me rise to who, who I am today in my career. And hopefully there's more to come. I love it, Sally. I, I appreciate your tenacity. Um, I'm, I'm also someone who's always like, what's next, what's next, what's next? And, you know, that's what the Be More Today show is all about. And you know, you're in an interesting position because you have the clinical experience and now the business savvy to go out there and make some real changes. And you've seen our healthcare system. You see how it's been. Um, you see where it's going. Um, and, you know, you're you're an integral part of it now because you are treating. So, you know, with your vast experience now in terms of MBA and also um, healthcare administration, what are some ways that you think we can improve the healthcare system to enhance the clinician and the patient experience, because as you know, sometimes it's tough, right? As clinicians, we're talking about, and I think a lot of new clinicians struggle with this. We're talking about billing and 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 having to do billing for certain people and certain populations, but also looking at numbers 
We're also trying to make sure we have a good quality of care. And all those things have to be synonymous with every single day, every single modality, every single treatment style, every single um, healthcare bracket, right? We're all doing that. Whether you're OT, PT, ATs, MDs, PAs, it's everywhere. So, you know, what are some of your thoughts looking at the big picture of, of where the healthcare system is going and how we're a part of this? What are some things that you think we should be focusing on or ways we can change the healthcare system to be better for us as clinicians and or better for the patient experience? Wow, I feel like I need like three more hours um, <laughs> to explain that. But besides having like superpower here, uh, you know, superhero powers, excuse me, I feel like uh, first, like really engaging the patient in their 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 healthcare, like patient engagement will really lead to better outcomes, educating them on what has or is happening to them and getting feedback from them. What do they like to do? What they don't like to do? Like, like what we discussed before, decisions on their, their own care and exercises they'll be doing in the therapy session and really making goals. I, I always try to remember to say, what are your goals? Why, why, what do you want me to help you with? Yeah, you want me to help your hand get better? Why? What is it that you want to do? Uh, next, I mean, we really need to foster a positive work environment. A healthy culture amongst employees uh, is key. Supporting staff engagement, professional development, minimizing burnout, which is really tough, but you know, we have to do it, right? Um, and administrative burdens, like you said, billing, note writing, all that, it has to get done, but we need to find ways to kind of uh, minimize that. Employee satisfaction will produce more quality of care. It's not easy to hit all these points, but we have to start somewhere, right? We need to promote teamwork and collaborations throughout organizations, healthcare, agencies, stakeholders, even community organizations. We, we need to try to put the time um, to do that. It's a multifaceted approach, but the healthcare system is complex and it's dynamic. So we need to be ready to make a plan, execute that plan and adjust accordingly uh, to try and achieve the highest standards of quality and performance. Listen, I appreciate so We'll have to try to get that done. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to swallow, right? Um, right. But I do think, you know, as as we continue to grow, everything you said is, is is spot on. All those things help, right? Having a better team ethic, having better uh, quality of care for our patients, having uh, better uh, or more more self care. You know, a lot of people are talking about now this 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 not new, but the concept of having a four day work week, and how many people are like, yeah, I, I work four days. I I do four 10 hour days and then have the three days to kind of get back to my, my regular self. Cause we've seen it. We've seen people get burnt out. We've seen people not be able to pour from an empty cup. We've seen that a number of times. And I know you probably experienced that yourself in life as, as I have as well. So I think it's poignant for us as healthcare professionals to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves um, because we can't cater to all of the thousand things people are telling us about what hurts and what's wrong and all these different things. If we ourselves are just taking that in and just like harboring it, no, we have to be able to find our own personal outlets and have our own downtime and our own quality time and our own safe space and all those things. And I think the the companies like Jag One and others that do a good job of that have long retention. They have healthcare um, programs that are better for their patients. They have patients who are happier. You know, all those things are combined. So, yeah, I, I think we have a, a way to go as a healthcare in industry, but. Um, I'm I'm grateful and thankful that people like you are 
are in the managerial aspect of looking at it from the greater picture perspective and hoping that, you know, as we continue to move forward for the generations after us, that the system will get better for our patients and for clinicians as well. So, Sam, any final thoughts you want to share as you are the closer? You're the closer for Occupational Therapy Month. So anything you want to share in terms of um, the greatness of the profession for those who are aspiring OTs who want to be either CHTs in the future or um, anything you want to share about occupational therapy in general as we close out this month highlighting the great things that you and others are doing around the world? Well, I wanted to say continue to keep learning and always strive to deep digger, uh, deeper and grow. Never think you know everything because things are always changing. Never be too proud to ask for help. You know, surround yourself with people who encourage and motivate you and are willing to help you when you need it. Learn from your fellow OTs, PTs, and speech therapists because a different perspective will shine light on something you might not be able to see. Believe in yourself, be professional, and always treat your patients as an individual. Awesome, Sally. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You're closing out OT Month with a bang all the way from Jersey. And um, I wish you the best in all you're doing. And I hope to see you in person sometime soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. No problem, Sally. And folks, she said so many poignant things today on this last show for Occupational Therapy Month, um, looking at the greater picture. Uh, yes, pursuing the greater degrees, right? And, and not just uh, settling for the main one, but going out there and learning more and bettering yourself every single day. And being able to listen and provide quality care for her patients. Um, it's crucial, I think, that we as clinicians, uh, no matter what area you're working in, or even if you're not in the healthcare field, but you have a sense of, of humanity um, and being able to rec recognize that no matter what you do, no matter what you're doing into your, your job or uh, if you act with people or not, your job is to make sure that people can get better at what they're doing and your perspective and your energy does matter. So. Another quote says, medicine adds days to life. Occupational therapy adds life to days. OTs around the world, stand up. We salute you. We appreciate you so much. And congrats on just doing what you've been doing and continue to do so as you go about the rest of this year into the rest of this year. For those who you do not know, Jack One PT is that place. If you're looking for PT, OT, ATs in your area, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, please go out there and follow us, jagonept.com for all of your healthcare needs. We are everywhere and we're here to serve you guys and get you back to the life that you love. And for those of you who want to follow the Be More Today show, as always, again, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Be More Today underscore show, underscore show or Be More Today underscore PT, and of course me, Dr. Sean Thomas on all major platforms. And if you want to be a part of our groups on Strava and on Facebook, please do so as well, BeMoreToday.com. As I always say, folks, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. Peace.